Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to contact me, you sure can. Any of the contact links uh, are any of my contact links. All of my contact links are in the description of this program. I recently received a question to the Driving You Crazy mailbag, and it's from Robin Aurora, who writes, when the new LED traffic lights first came out, they work great except in snowstorms. The LED lights don't produce enough heat to melt the snow. Has that problem been solved? The answer to that question is quite interesting and has made this a perfect opportunity to invite this person who solved the problem onto the show. Coloradan and transportation signal engineer Chris Bichon pondered that exact traffic signal in, in the snow problem and came up with a contraption that would keep snow from building up on the signal light. To talk more about this contraption, how it works, how he came up with the idea, is Chris Bichon. Chris, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Hi, Jason. Thank you for having me and really appreciate your time and uh, getting an interview. So this is great. Uh, before we get into the contraption that you created, I want to know more about your background. And as I said, you were uh, what a transportation signal engineer, right? What exactly does that mean? And, and how did you come across that line of work? Well, in all fairness, I'm actually not an engineer, but I am, I am uh, an electrician by trade. And we've uh, been... In, I've been involved in the signal uh, world for quite a while, almost 18, 20 years now, and uh, I've I've seen some some stuff come along, and uh, we've tried different things to address the issue with the snow plugging up in the in the stoplights, but um, uh, it's just been, it's been an ongoing problem, of course, like since the the 90s, I think, when the LEDs did come out, and uh, we started working on it. And uh, it's almost probably been ten years ago that I started this process. What um, what what made you want to get into the business that you're in now? Before you know, doing the electrical stuff, what what made you want to do that? Well, it was really um, out of pure desperation. It was it was crazy <laughs> to sit there on the side of the intersection and watch these cars hurtle into each other. So I was like, "There's got to be a better way." Well, before even before that, when you were when you were just thinking about careers, you know, before you even thought about the snow <laughs> issue, what 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 made you want to go into electrical stuff? Um, it was a it was a steady job. It was a good job. It's interesting. Yeah. I find the traffic signal is very interesting career. It's uh been fun. There's big big amount of opportunities, all kinds of different things coming up. When you did get started, were you it working with LED lights, or were you pre-LEDs where they, you, you were starting with the incandescent bulbs at that time? Mostly we were LEDs at, by that time, because I started early in the traffic industry in like 2006. So we were, there was a few incandescent lamps still available, still out there, but we were transitioning them all out to the LEDs at that time. My guest is Chris Bichon. He is the owner and inventor of the Snowproof Signals. You can find them at snowproofsignals.com. So how did this idea come about? You, you said a bit earlier that you were sitting there at a traffic light or at a snowstorm, and, and how did that idea come to your head? All of a sudden, pow, how, how did that idea, uh, just that light bulb burst over top of your head? Yeah, it wasn't quite like that, but it, it was. Um, it happened you know, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, 
this this has got to work some other way. There's got to be, an, and I started thinking about why does snow plug up in a stoplight and how does that work? And uh, what is the process of, of the snow getting plugged up in there and why does it happen? It's a, it's a simple question. It's a simple answer, but it's it's a first world problem. It's something that it's it's hard to come up with a good solution that doesn't create another problem. And then what was that aha moment, that moment where you're you're looking at it going, I, I just figured it out. I, I just had the brilliant idea, yeah. boom, that, that I can fix this. Yeah, that's a great question. I uh, came up with a, a prototype one day, and um, it, it was snowing pretty hard, and I put it in the back of my truck, and I put in a regular signal in the back of my truck. I bought two of the uh, competing signal heads, and my design was a very simple, uh, very, you know, just simple put-together design and I it was a proof of concept at that point and I was like huh this seems to be working pretty well so every time I would get a snowstorm I would drive on the highway out in front of my house here and a snowstorm and try to get it to plug up or you know and results from that so uh, you know you only might get four or five snowstorms a year that plug up the stoplight and then when it snowed the way I was doing my testing I could test 20 30 times a year and really narrow it down to what I needed to have done. So let's talk about the exact design. So when you were looking at a snowy traffic signal that was, uh, you couldn't see, you couldn't see it because of the yeah. snow, you were thinking, all right, how, how am I going to prevent the snow from sticking? And from that point, how did you come up with the actual design of your invention? Well, I, um, I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to, I just let it work its way out. Uh, I would try a thing and then if it would fail or not work. But once I designed it and understood that if I could get the wind to pass through the stoplight and continue on and not build up in the stoplight, as it has a big gap at the bottom of the visor, it allows the wind to blow through there. Um, it has the Bernelli principle where it has a, a positive and negative air pressure inside the signal head that helps move the snow through there. Okay, so basically for, for most of these people are going to be listening to this and, and not seeing us talk. So uh, yeah. describe it in a, a term where somebody is just driving around and, the, and they would look up and go, all right, that, what, what is that thing on that traffic signal? What does it look like? Well, quite honestly, the probably most people won't even notice it's there. It's it's very uh, very low key. It doesn't sh stand out or see. There's a few people that will notice, but you really aren't going to see it um, as a driver. You won't see the stoplight that's any different. It'll look exactly the same as it always does. And what does it look like? So, what is this uh, feature? It's a cone, right? It's basically just a cone that sticks on top of the uh, the light. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cone exactly exactly right. It's a cone that goes over the the LED uh, existing light and um, kind of an aerodynamic design, and it allows the snow to maneuver around it, kind of like an airplane wing is is a good a good example of that. And then at the back, it has a, a a vent around the back that allows the snow to pass through and the wind to keep going, so it doesn't plug up uh, with snow so fast. All right, so what material did you use? Because you have to have something that's clear. You can't have something that's solid, so you couldn't have made it out of metal, so you're going to have to make it out of, what, plexiglass or real glass, right? 
Yep, yep. And the this was the the one we have now. We've come a long way. So in the very very beginning, we had just I had like a almost like a soda bottle cone shape, and we we worked through that. And once I had that basic concept built, then we moved into a vacuum mold, um, which is uh, a lesser uh, expensive process to get started. And then once you get through that, then we were making a little bit of money, not a lot in the beginning. It was almost a break-even deal. And then we were able to save enough money to get a, an, an injection mold. Once we got the injection mold, then we were in a lot better place and we used our uh, acrylic to uh, produce the the uh, lens that um, really doesn't have any uh, it's just like water it's completely clear you can't see any any uh, difference with it it's really fascinating my guest is Chris Bishani is the inventor of the snowproof signal you can get them you can find out all about it on the uh, on their website at snowproofsignal.com so are, are are there materials that that you tested that you thought worked better than other uh, others are there are there other ways to make that clear material maybe better or less expensive well you know the material isn't really my uh, background there's material engineers that figure all that stuff out all that stuff is already available i just had to get it from um basically you know the bead form into the injection mold to make the the lens um so it's all been tested we've we've run uh, 10 year tests or they have i haven't they've run 10 year tests on the 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 material it lasts for a very long time um it's it's better than the car headlights it's different material it just it just lasts for a very long time when you first created it and you and you first tested it because i i think any new inventor is going to go, all right, I have this brilliant idea, but now I have to figure out if it actually works. So yeah. how, how did you test it? You, you mentioned a, a briefly a little bit ago about uh, about part of it. So take me through that process of, of getting a, a, a traffic signal and then putting your invention on it and then, and then blowing snow at it. <laughs> right. So the question I had to myself is, how do I make this traffic signal fly? If you had to make it aerodynamic, how would you do that? And um, I, I did different tests, but the big one was being able to put it in the back of a pickup truck and drive 35 miles an hour down the road. And, and while, produce, it's, while it's snowing, right? While it's snowing, <laughs> had an inverter in the truck to run the light so I could see exactly what's going on. And uh, I, could, I could test my theory and, and get a proof of concept out of it that way. And that's pretty interesting um, because the the wind, the aerodynamics, though coming off the back of the pickup truck, I think would change it a little bit. But obviously, it was good enough for you to to figure out, hey, this this is actually going to work. Did you do some tweaking after the first or second try? Yeah, the first try, I made more of like a wing uh, visor, and it worked quite well. But it was so big and bulky, I ended up having to adjust it and and go back to the drawing board on a couple occasions and and have it re-engineered basically and start over there's a lot of failures and a lot of a lot of prog progress but ultimately i was very lucky i did a had a lot of good things going my way um and once i knew i knew i had something that was um all i needed once i could prove the concept i knew i could i, I knew there was a demand for it i knew we could make this uh process happen down the road. I didn't know how long it would take. I didn't know where we were going to go with it in the end, but I knew we could make something happen. Yeah. 
how how many of those first prototypes did you have to go through <laughs> to, to finally get to the point where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. I can remember uh, I bought twelve um, from a vacuum mold, and that was just uh, I was just like, oh my gosh, we've we've come so far now. We've actually got twelve of these. We can actually put in the field, you know, to get something from your mind on a piece of paper, build it, get it built, and get it out into the field, into the real world, and have other people try it is a huge, huge process. Uh, a lot of energy, a lot of um, hard, hard times, hard second-guessing yourself, trying different avenues. Uh, but once we got those down, man, it was it was a real relief to to get those first dozen out there or whatever, you know, and, and get people to put them on and then uh, just hear the feedback from them. You know, we, we had a huge uh, positive feedback and, and people were asking more and more about them. Yeah. My guest is Chris Bashani is the owner and inventor of Snowproof Signals, talking about his, uh, yeah, his invention that keeps snow off of LED traffic signals. So did were, were you able to then go to, you live in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, a place that obviously gets a lot of snow. Uh, yeah. or, did you go to the city? Did you go to the uh, county, Garfield County? Did you go to the state and ask, <laughs> hey, uh, I have this great invention that's going to keep snow off of our traffic signals, and I'd like to put, tr try it out? Well, that's a, um, a tough deal because it was really hard to have to get a hold of people in, in government agencies. Even though I know how that works, it's still hard to do that. So a lot of the relationships to get those uh, people on the phone and get them to try it was through uh, distribution companies that are already selling signal parts. Um, that was the, the the way I had to go, and and they dealt with them. Um, and I don't even know exactly who all buys them at this point. I just know that they sell them for me, and and they talk to them. I, I did I did do some cold calling, try to make other ends meet with other people, but that was just really tough. And uh, a lot of people don't want it. They, they, it's just a, it's just a tough design to get into the field with being that it's all connected with uh, government agencies. What what was that initial conversation like when you had to call the distribution company that, that you said that that you gave the that, that allowed then the the invention to go to the uh, different municipalities what was that what was that conversation like when you t when you tried to convince them get, get, guess what i i just created well um it, there's a lot of skeptic a lot of skeptic uh people and they would would want to try it you know and they want so you know some of them i gave away for free and and just tried to get them up and and uh they would they would try them and, and we had a great sales team in the beginning and we got people to to get um a few of them up and when they tried them they're like wow this this kind of works and uh we're gonna keep going with it but yeah that first that first hump getting over that first design uh process and then getting them to be someone to buy them is, is a big big step been successful with it we're uh been trying uh different ways to market it but it's it's really comes down to the the distribution companies that are so involved with these agencies and that's that's how it kind of goes so do, do you know if they're uh, in place there in glenwood springs i mean have you have yeah. you seen, so so i'm sure you've gone to the first time it went up did you go over to that traffic signal and go look that is mine and i've <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did that. we sure did and it took my family it was kind of a cool moment we would go and look at them and say that's that's where we're going and it was a really cool thing yeah the 
the city has been embraced it and and they're using them and uh some of the uh state highways around here are are embracing them and cdot's been great they've they've taken uh a hold of them and and they keep buying more and we're we're moving forward with them and and uh you know we've we've come a long ways and it's been a, a big journey and it's super exciting to drive down the road and look up and say hey that that's what we did yeah, yeah. So, so uh, how how much do they cost to uh to to send to these uh, to to the municipalities that are using it? So how how much are they paying for for your invention? Um, they're around two hundred dollars um per per LED. Um, I'm not a, a big company. I'm sure that there's some other processes that would be way less expensive, but I I can't do it for much more or less than that. It's just kind of where it sets. Um. So they're about $200 to put on um, each of the signal heads. But, um, you know, the cost savings for one one wreck is pretty insignificant for the cost. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what they talk about, safety all the time. But are you worried then because of the cost and maybe uh, we've heard about other companies coming in. As soon as somebody invents something cool, somebody tries to figure out a way to make it cheaper. Are you concerned about that? Um, sure. I mean, that's, that's always the concern, right? Whenever you have a design, um, we are, I have got it patented through the United States, uh, government. So it's patented. So it is protected in that sense. Um, there's other competing designs that are similar to ours, but nothing works quite that well. So we're pretty confident and pretty secure with what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, my guest is Chris Bishani. is the inventor of the Snowproof Signals. You can read all about it and see more about it at snowproofsignal.com. Uh, what has the reaction been, or have you heard from folks in the traffic signal world that has sent messages to you from, you know, the, the, the places where we see a lot of snow and saying, man, this thing is awesome? Yeah, we had uh, hardcore people that were, you know, naysayers about it. They called me back and say, man, this thing really works. We're really happy with it. We want to get some more. You know, that that's kind of been the overall theme. And they keep putting them up and they keep putting more people out of harm's way. It's it's a great, great feeling for me. It makes me feel proud and keep people uh out of accidents it's a good idea have you heard about uh, maybe the prevention of some crashes in in intersections because of your invention um you know i, I haven't necessarily it, it's it's kind of like trying to prove a negative it's pretty tough right you know um it does happen i'm sure and i know when some of the traffic signals are plugged up and there's wrecks adjacent to the the intersection that we have ours on and the other ones doesn't i'm sure that there's something to be said about that but um, yeah, we don't, we don't hear a whole lot about that side of it. Uh, can you use them for more than just a traffic signal? For instance, let's say on a railroads, they have a signal <laughs> similar to this. Uh, and I know on waterways that I've been on, they have signals similar to this. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, I've, I've contacted some of the railroad, uh, companies or, you know, and, and people that do the maintenance for it. but it's, it, it hasn't really come up, but it would be definitely applicable to that same system and the waterways and possibly even some of the airports that use the, the highway, the lights for that stuff yeah. for their stuff. But yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of application for it. There's, there's really no limit to what we can do with it. It's, the design of it is, is pretty well on course for what it can do. Yeah. And probably not just 
uh, on the train tracks, along the train tracks, but maybe even on the train, because I have, I think they have lights that are very similar in in design and style. Yeah, they do, and I, and, and that was the big thing with me is I knew what I was getting into with this because I do know traffic lights. Um, when you start changing into to uh, you know trains or something, I don't exactly know how that works. I don't work on them. I don't know. There's you're opening up a whole other bag of worms to get into, and I don't know the the systems like they what they do exactly. But yeah, I mean that the design wouldn't change that much uh, between traffic lights to for what we're using them for on the highways to say the the trains or the boats or any of that stuff. I wonder if it would work for, let's say, just a regular passenger car to to create a, a, a similar headlight cover uh, to your design that might keep some of the snow off. But then again, when it's wet and slushy snow that coats your car anyway, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, there's yeah they they've uh, some people have asked me about that, and um, and I'm sure that would work. I just haven't gotten I got my hands full. So I'm sure that that wouldn't be a, a far leap to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of places in the world that um, probably could use the same thing. A- a- have you sold to any cities or countries around the world? Yeah, we have a few up in Canada, up in, in Ontario, and up, we're also patented up there. Um, we've got a business uh, or a distribution company up there that uh, does sell them, and uh, we're working more and more up there. Um, it's a slower process, I think, up there. But yeah, we we uh, we are up in Canada. That's about it. Pretty much United States and in Canada. Being in Glenwood Springs, yeah, you're going to have some fluctuations in the temperatures. Let's say into the twenties or the teens. Sometimes you get a little bit colder than that. Obviously, you can get different levels of snow. But in other parts of the world, you know, in Finland or in Upper Canada, that sort of thing, you can get some super cold weather, like we've seen already sure. this winter. And some pretty heavy snow, like we've also seen this winter. So, yeah. has it been tested in in extreme conditions where the winds well, are blowing ninety and the snow is coming down, where you get seventy inches in a couple of days? You know, I, not that I know of. I know we had some stuff even on the front range there for a while. It was over around a hundred miles an hour they clocked it one year. Um, that it really, really was windy, and it actually did pretty good. Um, we still could have had more than fifty percent of the light showing. Um, you still definitely see it as a driver. Um, and, uh, we, where was it? We had, uh, oh, it was the, it was the 2019 when that bomb flown hit and we had, we had just gotten our first batch out really about that time. And it did, you know, we had some pretty windy stuff. I think 70, 80 mile an hour. Um, we haven't got into the, like the minus forties or 70 degrees or anything like that, but I'm, I don't know why it would change a whole lot, but yeah, it hasn't, we don't, I don't have any data on that. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, my guest is Chris Bajan. He's the inventor of the snowproof signal and you can see him at snowproofsignals.com. Where does snowproof signals go from here? It, it, what, what is the future? Is it just continuing to grow? Is it continuing to tweak the design or where, where yeah. are you going from here? Yes, we have our design pretty well dialed in. Um, we're pretty happy with it. There may be some things in the future we might, you know, change a few things. But um, we have the regular snow cone, and then we also have one that we we, ha- we have uh, signals that are askew or very low angles of approach, and they use um, a louver device in there, and and that way the 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 lane sitting right next to the other car wouldn't see it 
it's just it's called a programmable head it's traffic stuff uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about that but it this snow cone actually uh retrofits over that as well and that's one of the only one that i know that we that's able to take care of the leds from with a louver device um so it's kind of a new design we're just getting started on it it's we're getting the patent finished up on it and uh yeah we're and who knows i don't know where we're going with it we're just long for the ride at this point <laughs> that's awesome and it works for just whether it's an arrow signal or a regular just on signal or any of them it just any of yeah. them just pops on there and works yeah it takes about five minutes to put them on yeah it's pretty simple use existing uh we reuse a lot of the parts so it's just uh, a great, you know, retrofits greatly and just right back on there and we're good to go. So is this your main business now? Are you still doing other signal work or are you doing a little bit of both? Yeah, I'm doing some other signal work, but this is probably my main income for, for my for my family now. But yeah, it's been an adventure, very exciting. Um, I can imagine where this might go and I'm, I'm looking forward to it and hope to keep keep going with it yeah how, how, how would you think you would do if you uh if you went to the sharks at shark tank and walked into that room and <laughs> you know it's funny everybody asks me that and talks about that um and i don't know i don't really know exactly how that works because usually it's a startup you know and we i've really come through that part of it you know um borrowing money from my 401k and things like that to get this started so so we're kind of past that part, but, um, you know, there's always the exposure and marketing is always the issue. So yeah, anything that we can do to, to open up more avenues of, of, uh, exposure is great. Yeah. yeah I'd be surprised that if Mark Cuban or, you know, uh, any of those guys were able to, uh, have connections into the traffic <laughs> signal world. <laughs> well, if you know anybody, send them my way. I'd be happy to talk to them. That's right. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Chris, this has been a fascinating conversation with you. So, hey, thanks so much for joining me. Chris Bishani is the inventor of Snowproof Signals. Uh, thanks for all you do, and, and thanks for your invention. Thank you, Jason. Have a good day. Again, his website is snowproofsignals.com, and then you can see some of the uh, test videos that uh, that uh, Chris did and, as, and get some more information if you are interested, if you're listening and you're uh, part of a DOT somewhere and you have uh, signal lights that you want to keep snow-free and they're LED powered then, uh, or lit, then, yeah, go ahead and contact uh, Chris at uh, snowproofsignals.com. Uh, I, I love stories like this uh, where somebody just came up with an idea, thought about how he could, uh, you know, saw a problem, figured it out, uh, tested it, saw that it works, and then brought it to market. It, and, and, and he's being successful at it. So I, I love stories like that. It's really nice uh, to see, especially if it's a local guy here from Colorado, at least for me, uh, being in uh, in Colorado. So uh, I, 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 <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty darn cool. Uh, if you have any qu questions, comments, concerns, or other cool ideas you would like to share here on the program, you always uh, can contact me on any of the contact links in the description of this show. And if you wouldn't mind uh, rating the show, I sure would appreciate it as well. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe and as always, happy motoring.